Hi, you're about to watch a study of Luke chapter 21. There's two things I want to recommend that you do before you watch on with this video. The first thing is make sure you read through it first. Luke chapter 21 is a little long, but I think you'll be happy that you read it first before you watch the rest of this video. Number two, this video is pretty fast paced, so feel free to rewind and watch it again if you have to. All right, enjoy. We're going to be looking at the overarching lesson that Jesus taught in Luke 21. Now, before we jump into this passage, for some of us who've read this before, may already have a preconceived notion of what this passage is really about. Specifically, I've heard a lot of people refer to this section as the part where Jesus predicts the end of the world. Now, this is not about the end of the world, but rather, this is the exact opposite of this. You'll see what I mean when we get to the end of this lesson. So let's get started. From verse 5, Jesus and his disciples are walking by this enormous wall of Jerusalem where the temple is. Now, the temple was originally built hundreds of years before this story takes place by King David. But by the time King Herod becomes the king of Israel, which takes us right to the time of Jesus, he rebuilds the temple with more extravagant materials and makes it twice the size. But not only did he supersize it, he also brought in a lot of corruption into the temple system. So Jesus notices his disciples amazed at the temple, and he is greatly disturbed at the idea that they're not just admiring this building, but deep in their hearts, they really want to be a part of the temple system. So he tells them that this building was not to last. It will be destroyed. And now, as a side note, we know from history that Jerusalem was destroyed about 40 years after these events, which is AD 70. I mean, Jesus even tells them that they'll see all this happen within their lifetime, as we can see in verses 32 to 33. Jesus is trying to teach them not to place their identity in temporary systems, which is the real lesson. But Jesus answers this question in four parts. The disciples seem to be more fascinated with when the destruction is going to happen. See, the answer to their question isn't really addressed until verse 20. In this genius moment, Jesus decides to answer this question as a part of a greater lesson. Before we begin the discourse that Jesus has for us, I want to first let you know that he assumes that disciples already know that God is good. And this means a good God will not allow evil system to stay standing. We know this because it's one of the main themes of the Old Testament. He begins by sharing what happens when great powers crumble. He says that people start assuming roles that are godlike. They begin to claim that the end of the world is near. There's going to be some uprisings and wars. Then, while all this is happening, Jesus shares with us what God is doing in the meantime. He says that there will be earthquakes, famines, plagues, and great signs of heaven. Now, if you don't know the book of Exodus, this is a reference to the story of Pharaoh. He's likening the temple system to that of Egypt. People who put their faith in Pharaoh felt like he was a godlike figure, that the world was going to come to an end when God intervened, when it was actually only Egypt that was falling apart, and there were uprisings and there were wars. And as a result, these people who are desperately trying to hold on to power will eventually blame the people of God. So, Jesus says, if you are being blamed and if you are being persecuted for all the bad things that are happening in the world, he says, first, don't try to defend yourself against the persecution. Rather, use this moment to share your story. Share that you're just trying to spread God's love to those around you. And when you do this, they won't be able to find fault in you and they'll believe your cause is irresistible. And God also promises that he'll be with you no matter what the circumstances. Then, finally, Jesus gets to answering the disciples' question. You will know that the temple system will be destroyed when you see armies surrounding the city. But he doesn't just stop there. Jesus adds the reason of why God is allowing this to happen by saying that this is the, quote, fulfillment of biblical warnings. 
You see, to uncover the section of Luke chapter 21, you'll need to be familiar with the themes of the Old Testament, namely something called the Day of the Lord. In a nutshell, in our world, there are oppressive systems. And when people are oppressed, people cry out to God. And when God hears the cry, he intervenes by dismantling that oppressive system. Now, in the middle of the Old Testament, there's this big twist that happens when the people of Israel, they stopped wanting God to intervene because they've discovered that now they are the oppressive system. So Jesus makes the case that God is right now intervening the temple system. Therefore, there will be a lot of suffering, especially if you rely on this power structure. Finally, Jesus gets to the main point of this lesson. Now, let's remember the whole reason why Jesus is teaching this lesson. He was disturbed that the disciples gazed on the temple as if it was that that's where they wanted to be. So in this section, Jesus talks about the signs of the sun, moon, and stars. These are symbols of world empires. He's referring to the meltdown of all world powers, which will lead to much anxiety, freaking out a lot of people. Then he borrows an image from Daniel chapter 7. There's this son of man riding in the clouds. This is referring to his cosmic courtroom drama where God is judge and the beast, which represents the world powers, does not get a favorable verdict. And so the son of man wins. Oh, and the son of man is a title of Jesus. So in other words, all the blames and persecutions that he talked about earlier will stop because it will eventually realize that Jesus was innocent and thus his followers are also innocent. So Jesus tells his disciples to hang in there through this whole prolonged injustice season. So as usual, Jesus gives a summary statement at the very end that gives you an idea of what the main point was. He basically says everyone's going to freak out when God intervenes and takes away these world powers because they placed all their eggs into these world power baskets. So he tells his disciples, you need to pray that you'll be able to escape this type of idolatry. Now to summarize, the disciples were totally into the temple system. He warns his disciples that if you put your faith in a system that oppresses other people, you could count on the fact that God will eventually dismantle it. He uses imageries and examples from the Old Testament, such as Pharaoh's empire of Egypt, insinuating that the current temple system that they so highly regard is actually corrupt as the empires that oppressed them hundreds of years ago. And when that system gets dismantled, your life will also be dismantled. So Jesus offers a warning of not to put your faith in temporary system, especially if they are oppressive towards other people. Now, remember in the very beginning, I said, hey, if you think this verse is about the end of the world, then you need to stop thinking that way. According to what Jesus just taught, he says that rumors of the ends of the world is a byproduct of stable powers losing their stability. So by nature, this passage is not about the end of the world, but the opposite. He's stating that if you hear rumors of the end of the world coming, it's a sign that we have put our eggs in the wrong basket. And this is what Luke chapter 21 is all about.